We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, Andy Lou, Sam Fendiari. We are two and zero. We are we are two and zero. You like that? Yeah, man. I think I think both you and I are rooting for the sweep, so we only have to record one more of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm rooting for the sweep because I need it to be so. In 2015, 2016, when they won, it was on a weekend, I believe, and then 2016, 2017, they lost, and then last year they won on a weekday. It was a Monday night. Right, so the celebration wasn't that. Honestly, it was kind of boring. So I really need this to be a Friday night celebration. Do we even think it'll be that crazy in the city? Like, do you remember when the Giants won their first World Series? Oh my God! First one, they won their third one. You know? Oh, like my, yeah, no, you're right. There's a little bit of a spoiled factor there. I'm not saying it won't be fun, but like, first time is first time is like you know everyone's acting like. Uh, it's a wedding or like, you know, just going nuts. And then by yeah, the I mean, third time, it's like, let's, let's, let's open a nice b- bottle of wine in the house or something. No, that that's true. I mean, and, and also you and I, we get older. So it's yes. like, <laughs> that's, that's the bigger, that factor. is how time works. That is how time works. But no, it's just, it, it doesn't feel it, but this year it it's going to be one of those things where it's back to back though. You know what? The Giants, it was never back-to-back. Right. Um, the Warriors need to check off the back-to-back. I think we all agree with that. You're not, you're not going to be a dynasty if you're going every other year. Is, you know, I think Kerr would love him to go every other year so he can he could play all Spursy with it. But <laughs> No, they're, they're not. Hey, hey, actually, before we go deep into the Warriors, I'd like to give a shout-out to Jade Hoy and, and everybody that was there over the weekend. We had a uh, count the dings back to back whatever the hell it is live show that was, that was so awesome. fun um yeah shout out to jade for organizing the whole thing and um i'm nominating you and waz as the co-mvps it's kind of like a it's like a steph kd thing you know depending on your on your flavor you could say one was better than the other but it's very hard to differentiate um, i'm not sure what happened you gotta you gotta fill me you gotta fill me in, man. It was. It seemed like a shit it's, show by the time we got on, to Warriors. It's not podcast worthy. <laughs> it's not podcast <laughs> appropriate. Um, yeah, no. The, the way I I put it is, Waz was kind of the KD of the show, just kind of so consistent. But when the Warriors Wednesday pod broke out, you you had one of those Steph like explosions where he just started hitting. <laughs> 
uh, Jade was calling for you for like five minutes and no one could find you. Um, and it, and the crowd started getting like unsettled. I think, I really think you are the reason it got all unsettled. Then you come out and you could not be less interested. <laughs> and then we get into it because, um, I don't, I don't know if it did feel like the crowd was the most contentious during our uh, it was. Steph KD debate. It was, it was, I thought it was a high moment, man. I, I thought it was one of those things where I, I really thought you said this morning that we were on trial. I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I was at work. I was sitting at my desk and I couldn't stop laughing because it was true. We literally sat there and I saw the people's faces and people were legit angry because it wasn't all Warriors fans. Right. No, so it was, it was like a, there was a lot of, a lot of people there who, you know, live in the Bay area, but grew up in other parts of the country and are, you know, maybe a, I don't know. Dallas Mavericks fan or a, yeah. uh, you know, Knicks fan or something like that. So the idea that, you know, there's this little inside thing with the warrior people about Steph and Katie is like, what's wrong with you? I, I have to watch Frank Nicotina, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy shout to, I forget who he is. He tweeted me earlier this morning, but he legit walked out the door when I don't know if it was me or you or, or Ethan or Marcus. One of us said like, like, if we had to pick one, who we started to franchise with, and, oh, it was Marcus. He said, Steph, like, just with a tone of finality. And the dude just got up and walked out the door, and I just – I couldn't stop laughing. That was, <laughs> that was probably my favorite moment. I, th- um, I thought Marcus put it well. He's like, one guy – one guy gets all the numbers. The other guy just wins and has everyone come to him. And then it was like that just that blew some people's minds because like you, you get so kind of enwrapped in the warrior thing. You don't realize that like to the outside world, we just sound absolutely insane. That is true. And then and then when you go back the other way, I think people also forget that Steph went up against KD in 2016. And there's one guy that won. I mean, the Warriors won. But Steph's game seven performance at home. That can we talk about there? how that for some reason the the prevailing narrative was KD was dominating the series, then Clay got hot in game six, and then the series was over. Yeah. Like Steph didn't go I, I think he had seven threes, and they were all step backs with KD, Ibaka, Adams um guarding him. He had 36, 8, and 5. Like he was yeah. objectively the best player on the court in game seven. Um and it just gets forgotten. It's like, oh, when when it got tough, Clay had to rescue them, you know? Yeah, no, that's exactly because because he had that that explosion. But yeah, yo, you're exact. There was still one more game left, and I, I came back to it's these. This is a good rehash of that because I came back from vacation from Vancouver early for that, and I distinctly remember that was probably the greatest moment at Oracle throughout this entire run, in my opinion. Like that right there, Steph. I think realizing that he was amongst. I think he knew, but he had to have like a signature kind of feel for it. And it wasn't the Portland Trailblazers. It was against that OKC team that day. I don't think that they thought it would go seven. But when they finally beat him and came back from 3-1 and he stood there, I remember he stood there um, at the end of the game. And he I've never seen him stand so long in chair, um, him and the crowd, not at the scorer's table, but on the opposite side. And he was just screaming. And he, he just knew like, hey, like he was going to be the best player in the game now. What happened after is not great, but in that moment, in that game seven, that was that was probably I think the the best moment that I've seen for Steph, um, even more so than than last year. And people do forget OKC was up double digits. Like it wasn't one of those games where the Warriors got up fifteen and just kind of coasted the rest of the way. Like Steph led the comeback and had to hit every shot in that game, um, and it kind of ties into our first topic, which is finals MVP and how there's this prevailing narrative. Like Steph is finally showing up on the big stage, which just drives both of us insane. Look at that transition. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm getting good at this. Right. As the season's <laughs> ending now. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I know that that's, that's uh, is what were his stats in the finals in 2015, right? They were like, they were amazing. You know, I was actually surprised because I've been kind of warped into thinking that just because, Everybody says he's not good. They're in the finals that when you look at it, wasn't he like 27, like six and six or something? Yeah. And he the, basically the, just like, had dude. the one, the one bad game where Delhi uh-huh. got famous. Shout out Delhi, mm-hmm. St. Mary's legend. Um, 
But really, I mean, he he played about a a bad game and a half, and then he was he was dominant the rest of it. And it's like obviously he got overshadowed by LeBron, who that was kind of the first series where it was like you know Le Westbrook with like just ball in his hands at all times, and like he ends every game with like forty, fifteen, and fifteen or something. Uh, so it was like Steph just playing like a controlled dominant game just doesn't look the same. Right. Now um, that was, that's something that I feel like LeBron was back in the day, um, back in the day, meaning like five, six years ago was when he would put up numbers. But when you watch him, you would never feel like, like it was kind of like a KD vibe to it, or even a Steph vibe in the playoffs sometimes where he, like you're saying, he's controlling it, but he's also passing it a lot. Right. Um, so you don't get that like, yo, he's that guy. Right. He's that guy right now. He's the MVP. He's the best player on the floor. And Steph wasn't the best player on the floor in game one because LeBron. But he was the best player on the floor last night. You know what's funny? I don't even think he was the best player on the floor in game two. I think he was the best player on the floor in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I thought he played a pretty good game up until then, but he wasn't really hitting shots. But he just went nuclear in the fourth quarter. And it's funny how the mind tricks you like that. Like, <laughs> you you remember explosions more than like a steady game. Cause you could argue KD was probably better for the first three Fair. quarters than Steph. Fair. Like that was, that was the KD we've been annoyed that we haven't seen for like a month and a half or really most of the year. Right. That was the KD we saw last year more often than this year. And like the guy who played in flow, you know, like, I mean, when he plays in the flow of the offense, scoring so easy for him, and then he was getting assists, he was getting big rebounds, he was actually defending at a pretty high level, engaged the whole way. Um, it, it was really like the KD I was just, we were so excited about that, like we haven't seen in over a month. Well, 1B KD, right? I, I think someone where, where he's not the second option, but he's not the guy you're running the entire offense. I was shocked that the Warriors came out and they immediately, literally the first play, they went JaVale high pick and roll. JaVale slipped. Uh, Steph got it to him, dunked. The first six shots were four layups, two dunks, and then a Clay Thompson three. Like that, that's one, like that offense started from that play where Kerr let the guy run pick and roll, which have we seen but, it at all? By the way, between JaVale and Sean Livingston, because Livingston plays like a de facto five role man when he comes in with the starters, you know, mm-hmm. and he's nine for nine on the series. I think JaVale's eight for nine. So like, it's just, that is a, just the best sign of how terrible the Cavs defense is. Like they can make one defensive read and then the Warriors just find whoever's rolling to the rim for a dunk over and <laughs> over again. You know what I mean? Man, that, that Cavs defense. I mean, it's bad. It's it's, and by the way, it's like I mean, Javale's a good pick and roll big man, but it's just like just the sheer having a dude who rolls hard. You would you just get so force fed on this Warriors team, you know? Like imagine if you got you know, it just pick pick a big man who can roll to the rim, right? Like mm-hmm. if you were to just swap KD with that and you just had the, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond, but they had like a competent big, not like the old Bogut thing who wouldn't roll, you know, like they had a Steven Adams or something like that. Like just how easy it'd be for them. <sighs> what are you hinting about in the free agency next year, man? I know, <laughs> I know this is one of your favorites. No, no, I, I don't even want to go there, but I'm just saying like, um, it's, it's a it's a very specific skill set, but just like the way teams just jump at Steph and Clay, like if you are just a big man who can roll, you're gonna get the easiest easiest lob attempts ever. I, I do I do think that's Jordan Bell. Uh, I think Jordan Bell's got the we're gonna go down a little for me a, a rabbit hole, but I think he's smart enough to be that guy. I, I think he has. I think he's too smart too. Like I think he's got a lot little bit of Andre Godal in him. Where he overthinks, right? JaVale doesn't overthink. JaVale just doesn't think. Right, but there's there's also the um Jordan Bell six eight. He can do it, but like having a guy who's six eleven, who's like the size of a center, just having that higher radius, you know what I mean? 
But Bell's got good touch. He's got good touch and he's he does. Got the athleticism. It's not like Draymond. You know I mean, Draymond doesn't right. really have the touch nor the athleticism. He's got the he's got specifically the, the athleticism. But, like he can if if no one's there, he's going to finish it. Mm-hmm. No, but I, yeah, we're and we're going in here a, a little bit, but I do think that that doesn't. And, and here's the thing: even if Javale plays like that, he was. I didn't think he was that good yesterday. I thought his defense was so bad; it literally took away all the shots that he made. I mean, they gave him a jolt of energy, blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. But you look on defense, he's given up. He was a huge reason why the Warriors gave up that massive third quarter for the Cavs. And if it wasn't for the fact that they could score um, to combat that, they w- it would have been a tie game or something closer. So I'm fine with JaVale not playing. It's just his defense is so bad. You don't need that energy, right? Maybe you need that energy against the Rockets, but you don't need that energy against the Cavs. You're getting those open shots if you get Looney or Bell anyway. So actually, and, and I, good. I disagree. I thought that the energy was helpful, but you're right. Like, I mean, his, JaVale's defense is awful. And if his defense was semi-competent, he'd play 25, 30 minutes a game, but it's not. So he doesn't, you know, and, and that's kind of the crux of it because offensively he fits the, the core four perfectly, right? Doesn't want the ball. will finish anything inside. Yeah, um, that's true. And then, and then loses loses everybody on on uh on defense hey i want to talk about i want to talk about Stephen kd because you had a really good um we literally had the same thought you just tweeted it faster than me uh about how they are running the offense to perfection to me it was yeah to me it was one of those things where i i just felt like steph was and people give him criticism for this an actual point guard right someone that's running the team what lebron does he was he missed a lot of shots at the rim. That's why he shot eleven for twenty six. But my thing was what well, I that's saw because the refs weren't calling him for the Warriors. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that <laughs> bullshit in a second. Yeah, we'll get into to fans uh, that talk about that stuff in a second. Yeah, that stuff is ridiculous. But here's here's the moment that I wrote about and, and that I thought was huge. The first half, Steph took a uh, took a shot where they're up by like seven, and he took like a, a twenty eight footer in transition, airballed it. Right, the Cavs came down, made a three, so four point game. So I guess you could say it's a six-point swing. Now, in the fourth quarter, he makes a shot to put him up 13. And the next possession, instead of jacking up another crazy shot, he calls out KD for an ISO. KD scores. And then the next possession, he calls KD over for a pick and roll, even though KD's telling him, like, no, no, no. KD waves Steph off. Steph says, no, 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 get your ass over here. Run a pick and roll. And then KD dives, which actually I never see. But he dives. Steph gets it to him for a wide-open duck. That's the game. They're up 17. Right. So that's one of the things where Steph could easily just dribble up and shoot a 30 footer. But instead, he's directing the offense, say, hey, get KD the ball. It's George Hill. Let him cook. You know, so that, that's the type of thing where that's maturity, where I don't think we've seen that really from guys like Steph, Draymond and Clay. We see that from Megadala, but not from those guys. So why do you think we saw that? What do you think it was that like, because that's what we've been waiting to see. Right, And it's been really frustrating this year from the perspective of we got like a taste of what they could be last year. And this year has been kind of this regression path, like holding pattern is the best way to put it. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I think it's experience. I mean, like LeBron wasn't this LeBron when he was playing the, the Thunder or, or playing the Spurs, right? LeBron had to screw up a bunch of times before he became, I honestly think he doesn't even make a mistake on the floor anymore. Like it, he, the guy's in his 15th season, as everybody likes to say. But it, that has given Hashtag them that much. You're 15. <laughs> you're 15. And the Warriors, they're in their fourth finals. Like, I think they're starting to figure out here are the things that are making us that are going to make us successful. And those kill shots are not. They're good, they're great. But if those guys can cut it out at Oracle, they can definitely have that composure on the road. So I think it's just experience, man. When they play, when they after they win these finals and they play their fifth one next season, or they play their sixth one, seventh one, whatever it is, right? I think they're just going to get better because it's because Steph and Katie are going to learn how to play together better. That was one of the times where I felt like they did, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And it's 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 like all things. It's like can they can they um, just basically put off physically declining as they get smarter. That's yeah, that's true. why that's why LeBron what he's doing is insane. Everyone's smarter in their fifteenth year, but usually you've lost more off of your your body off your physical skills. Then, um, you know, and then it's just like, how much can you make up for with IQ? Whereas in LeBron's case, he's lost like 10% athletically, but gained like 2000% mentally that, you know, it, it, it seems unfair, right? Most, most players, it's kind of like, 
as one goes up, the other starts going down. And it's like, if you can kind of prolong one. Shouts to Balco, right? I mean, like that's <laughs> no, 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 but like that. You're miracles, right. I mean, just... miracles <laughs> in modern medicine. Miracles. That's crazy that, that that's the case. And for LeBron, it's, it, it, this works out well for the Warriors. LeBron, I, it works out well just because we don't know how he's still this athletic. And I mean, he's still the most, most athletic guy on the floor. Right, you watch these games, um, and the Warriors—they—they're. It's positioned I w- I w- perfectly. I will say this: Do you remember twenty-four-year-old LeBron's athleticism? That was yeah. like um, LeBron is just most athletic on the floor, as opposed to most athletic of all time when he was like a decade ago. Yeah, that was insane when he used to play the five and like and rim protect. Like Draymond's one of the greatest defenders of all time, but. LeBron's got that same IQ, got that same instinct, and eons more athleticism. So, I mean, that guy was insane, right? And he still can turn it on now. It's just, I mean, the dude plays 48 minutes, and he really doesn't look like he's tired. He coasts a little bit, but but he'll figure it out. So, um, But I think for the Warriors, it, it works out well for them now and in the future because as they figure out how to play together, they lose athleticism. But with Steph and Katie and Clay, they lose athleticism, but they can still be great. Like with Katie, absolutely. With Clay, absolutely. And with Steph, maybe less so because he's so small. But he's still got that quickness that can have him be this good for you know two, three, four, five more years. Like yeah, I was gonna like say. Nash. I was gonna say he's he's kind of like Nash, where he's more shifty and quick than. I mean, he's never been explosive. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Steph ages. But I don't. I think we're talking about two to three years down the line, more than like next year or anything. So. You said you said KD might have been the best player on the floor. So who who you got for Finals MVP then? Because that's that's pretty much Stephen. I think the only com- yeah, obviously. Yeah, I can't go against I can't go against the family. No, uh, um, <laughs> no I mean is- I was saying KD was was the best player quarter one through three, but Steph's fourth quarter just shut the game down. Like for as gr- great a game as KD played the first three quarters, the Warriors were up, what, like five to eight points the whole way? I'm not saying that's bad. Like, you can win the game fine that way. But Steph just kill shot that game, right? And I should say Steph played a pretty controlled, like, he was solid the first three quarters. It's just KD was better. Uh, in game one, Steph was objectively better than KD. So um, as it sits right now, Steph's the finals MVP and it shows because when Steph's front and center, you see what the Warriors are. What do we think is going to happen in Cleveland? Same with stuff. Oh, Cleveland's going to play the, I am, I will let KD score a hundred on us as long as Steph doesn't win finals MVP defense. We're going to see four man traps. There's going to, you know, Draymond's probably going to get 21 points off uncontested layups. Um, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think especially after the last game with you heard how hurt the Cavs were, they're going to they're going to come so aggressively trapping Steph. Like they're they're going to consider it a championship if they stop him from winning the MVP. <laughs> yeah, I, they're going back to that game plan. Are they? You know what the problem is though? Like their defense I think is just so bad now that even if they try to do that I think the Warriors and Steph have seen them so many times, and they've seen this game plan so much. There's nothing the Cavs can do differently that's gonna matter, right? There's really nothing. Like they run, I mean, a they can sell out. out triple teams. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you right. Know? If they do start double and triple teaming Steph like that, then we have to acknowledge Steph gives it up and just gives his team easy layups. But that's generally not how Finals MVP works. So. But then Steph is also doing the big thing where he gives it up and he gets it back. Right? That's that, true. That's that, that's that thing that he's doing with, with Looney and, and really and Jordan Zaza? Bell. And Zaza, right? Zaza actually did it first. I do. And Jordan I, Bell's kind of perfected it. I'm getting mm-hmm. such a kick out of the fact that like Zaza took Jordan Bell aside and was like, pass it between your legs. Like it's a football. Hike it to him. Like that was like the big tactical adjustment. Like Kerr's. Kerr's thinking about like intricate, like, all right, if we run like five actions, then we're going to get this like nice little back screen for Livingston on the weak <laughs> side, you know? And then meanwhile, Zaza's like, just pass between your legs and screen. <laughs> and that's all they need to do. God, that's, that, that's really over- overthinking. I, I, well, shouts to Kerr. A um, lot of slander this postseason, 
But the good things that he's done that I felt like is um, he was urgent in round one and round two, right? Starting Iguodala both times, um, cutting the rotations when he should have. And then the Houston series, it got kind of a little out of whack when the offense was was settled with KD. And then in, in game two of the finals, I think maybe he realized something. I don't know, right? But we watched the game. We saw the energy that was there the moment uh, that that offense ran and they could just get a bucket whenever they wanted. It's a layup drill. I don't expect that to get any but any better, right? It's just how. How can you they, – they just leave Tristan and Kevin Love in ISO against Steph Curry. Like they literally just leave it and just say, hey, we'll deal with it. How long can that last? Yes, yeah, I, I still think sense. Game Three is going to be a little contentious. I think Cleveland. Oh, for sure. I think Cleveland's upset. I think you're going to get um, uh, borderline. Like it's it's going to be ugly, but I, th- I, th- I think we know exactly what's going to happen because it's like a proud bunch, and like guys like Tristan and Jr. think higher of themselves than they should. So there's going to be a lot of like I'm not letting him punk me, so I'm going to hard foul him and then the people who say draymond's dirty will love that because it'll remind them of the 90s but draymond doesn't remind them of the 90s <laughs> because as we've learned all of these poignant criticisms are really just i hate that team and they're trying to like rationalize it and uh, let's do it so we've got i'm gonna let you roll here i got a question for you this is perfect so we gotta we got like a bunch of questions the more that we've ever shout had. out so light years listeners we, you, you guys can always amazing use the, you can always use the hashtag light years podcast or light years and uh we'll read your questions yeah dude we've gotten so much today that we actually me and sam don't know what to choose so this is the first one and and this is perfect for you so this is from uh, at unky noah y'all gotta talk about the lebron hashtag lebron pity party the national media is throwing lebron Ready to throw confetti towards his finals MVP march while probably losing four or five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> his game one was legitimately the best individual game I've seen in a finals in a losing effort. And I've never felt bad for an opposing player the way I felt bad for LeBron because they should have if they lost that game, just the way that Jr. and George Hill melted down, like that was, you know, I, I can't criticize him there. That said, unless he does that two more times and they win a couple games, like get out of here with the, he should be the finals MVP. Only one person's won a finals MVP in a losing effort. And that was in a seven game series that, went down to the wire. I believe the Celtics beat the Lakers by less than five points in game seven. So it essentially, I don't, and Jerry West won the finals MVP there. Um, the idea he should win finals MVP in a sweep is laughable. It's like, well, he's the best player. I'm like, yeah, they wouldn't have made the finals without him. We know that, but if they cannot win at least two games, this is a non topic. Yeah, dude, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's just the thing where, LeBron and the people that push the PR aside from him, and believe me, there are a lot because he likes, loves to control the narrative after he was unable to do that when he joined the Heat. And this is the thing that he has to hold on to because if we're talking about titles and we're talking about playing as a team and we're talking about guys that want to join the Warriors instead of wanting to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers, that's not where he wins. Where does he win? He wins being the best player in the world. We know this. Right, that's not a that's not anything that we can argue. But he also knows that if he wins Finals MVP, this isn't about the Cavs, right? It's about him. All of this is about LeBron. He's made it this way, and I mean, hey, and that's why to him. Kyrie left. That's why Kyrie left. So that, I mean, that's that's one of the things. Like, uh, if Kyrie was there, they win Game One, right? Maybe, and Game Two would have been just as fun. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, and I mean, I can't even hold him fully responsible for all that, but it's just like, it's it's my least favorite thing in media, and it's not just sports media. It's like manufactured mm-hmm. two-sidedism to like make a point like, oh, you got to hear the other side. Like, they're, they're going to lose in four, maybe five. It's not a competitive series. It's not the first uncompetitive finals we've seen. 
do you know the Lakers when they three peated in the early OOs, the Shaq Kobe teams? How many games did they lose in their three finals combined? I'm just, I looked. This I, up. Don't, I have no idea. Please two. tell me. Two. Really? They swept one and they won in five the other two. They were the East was terrible. They were just better. Their their finals was the Western Conference finals, like the mm-hmm. the famous Sacramento series. They had another battle with the um, Portland Blazers, Trailblazers that went seven. Like, and then they got to the finals and they destroyed them. But no one's out here saying like, "Oh, Jason Kidd getting triple doubles. He has to do more. He's the real MVP of the finals." You know, no one was doing that. Or like when Iverson, dude, if Iverson. So Iverson famously had the like huge game one to beat the Lakers and then they lost in five, but he was pretty, pretty good in the series, right? No one was out here like he has no help. He should win the finals MVP because he has to do more than Shaq or Kobe, you know, like, and LeBron is playing significantly better than both those players. It's not close, but I mean, it's just, it's manufactured. Like I want to make a controversy when there's nothing there. Yep. And this leads to the next one um, at get Greek. Uh, is this year the apex or will the ref whining continue to go up in 2019? Um, I, I like this question because people hate the warriors. And this is a good thing. If you're a warriors fan, this is a good thing. If you're a Lakers fan, because when you're great, people love to hate greatness because they are bitter Right, and they know that they have no chance, so they get more insecure. I, I always go back. No, mm-hmm. I was gonna say I always go back to this. Mm-hmm. I never hated a team more than I hated mm-hmm. the early OO Lakers. I was in high school, and I was convinced that they weren't that good, and the refs were bailing them out because I was 16, and that's just like how I viewed it. <laughs> you know, that's but that's legitimately what I thought at that age. And then as time no. goes by, like I just appreciate the fact they were just the best team. No, that that's how I was with the Spurs growing up. I, I, I actually like the Lakers. Asian people tend to like the Lakers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right? I wasn't a Lakers fan by any means. The Warriors were I was a Warriors fan, but I liked the Lakers. I was like, yo, these guys are fun to watch. Right? How can I hate them? Like, you're a kid. You're like, whatever. But when I grew up a little more and, and more I became a Warriors fan, I was like, yo, fuck the Lakers. Right? And I also was like, yo, the Spurs are boring to watch. I don't like them. Right? So maybe Guys are like, oh, the Warriors are boring to watch. Boring because they're beating the crap out of other teams, so we hate on them. And if we can't lash out at anything that our team can control, like I'm not going to blame LeBron, right? We already pile on on everyone like Kevin Love, or we're not going to pile on anyone else. We don't blame, right? There's nobody else. It's the, it's the refs. It's got to be the refs, right? The refs are the reason that the Cavs can't play defense. They're the reason that Kyrie's not there, right? They're the reason that you don't have home court advantage because you never freaking try in the regular season, even though you play in a trash conference, right? Um, though That's like, you got to blame something. And it, it annoys me. It's funny, but it also annoys me that that's the thing, right? It surprised me. But when you get so frustrated that blaming the refs is your saving grace and it goes down to the players, right? It starts with the players, so everyone starts to follow them. Like after the game, Windhurst was tweeting about or somebody was tweeting about, after game one, like, Ken Maurer fucked us. Can, like, the Warriors may think that, but they'll never, they'll never say that to the media, right? When they lost 2016, I don't think they ever blamed anything. Like, we might have blamed it on Well, Aisha did take to the tweets. But that's not the players. True. And you Steph, know I mean? like, Steph was pretty... Steph just turned his phone off and never it went zero. It went zero. Steph, Steph was like, <laughs> Steph was low key just upset that he had to deal with that because like he didn't want to be known who as wouldn't? that guy. Yeah, who wouldn't, right? But he didn't. He never made an excuse. He never. He never went out here and said like LeBron, like, hey, I'm an underdog since I was five or six. You know, I'm still the best player in the world. All this stuff where it's like, dude, we know. There's no. There's no reason for you to tell us. Like, we know you're the goat, man. Um. So so it's that kind of like victim victim mentality um that becomes a little bit like it just say you hate the warriors it's it, it'll be easier that way by the way um shout out ethan strauss uh warriors are for this, <laughs> this was a good observation on the ref thing he said something i get a sense of after the fact how much what people how much what's said on the broadcast frames what people are mad about and that's definitely a thing when you got van gundy and jackson blatantly pointing out missed calls in favor of Cleveland to like manufacture drama in a game 
it makes people think that the whistle is going too heavily in one favor. Hmm. Who was on the TV on game two? Do you know? Yeah, Mark Jackson and Dan Gundy. They're on every game. It's the finals. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, why did I ask? All right, we're going to the next question. You got one? Or me? Yeah, I got one. Okay. So from the Count the Dings Reddit, and this is probably probably Ryan. um, Shouts to Count the Dings. Who is going to be the 2018-19 Warriors Goon free agent edition, a la JaVale, Matt Barnes, Swaggy P? <laughs> you go. You got one in mind. I'm gonna let you go first because I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't know about I don't know about a goon edition. Just um, like someone who's kind of like a, a jokester who like that guy will I, never win a title, and then the Warriors get him a title. <laughs> I have one. I have one that I would really like them to pick up. I I think I, I like I like the goon. I'm gonna twist it and say players that. Um, were on the Warriors at the tough times, and then they kind of still should be in the NBA, and they kind of bring them back for kind of like Monte a Ellis. Lap. Monte Ellis, dear God, no, please, no, Monte <laughs> Ellis. Um, I have but, uh, I have more than a few friends um who are always like, we let's just get Monte, just ten minutes a game off the bench, like Barbosa, get him a ring. Well, that's Jamal, right? So what I, I want, I want Anthony Randolph is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I want Anthony Randolph. He, this is his type of league, right? Uh, okay, let's. Okay, so you want honest, him as like basically you want him to play like the Javale role, like come in, I want, catch lobs, and maybe like try to block a shot. Yeah, I want him to. I want him to play that triangle role where he's focused him because he can pass and he can dribble. And I want him. I want him to be the guy that plays that Val, what David West did, back to the basket, and he either take make a quick move, take the five off the off the off the dribble, or you know turn around and make a backdoor pass to you know Clay Thompson or something. He's not going to be good. Right? I don't expect him to do anything, but he's going to be someone that's fun. Where it's like, hey, we've sat through the times where we were Laker fans and love Anthony Randolph, right? Per Twitter, so we might as well, you know watch someone that was on the team when it was terrible and, and you know he's maybe he's only 28 as i google him right now he's only 28 maybe how is <laughs> maybe he only he 20 how is he only 28 i don't understand i don't think anthony randolph ages i don't i don't understand well it's loud out there but um by the way I, shout out anthony fun. randolph for finding a nice role in, in the euro league <laughs> are you looking up stats right now or something? no but i do remember he was playing in the um the euro league um finals which were on you know tv a couple weeks ago man just that would be fun you have one i'm gonna tie it to the next question and this will be mine wouldn't it be awesome if jr smith came to the warriors in a nick young role next year (laughs) and redeemed himself against whatever team lebron is on in the playoffs please ignore whatever contractual or money issues that would not let this happen (laughs) This is from RJ175, who's uh, who uh, regularly asks questions. I got a <laughs> solid laugh out of this. If the if the Cavs were to cut Jr. and the Warriors got him on a minimum to play the Swaggy P role, um, I yes, I don't think there's a yes. better example of the previous question from Count the Dings uh, Reddit. As to like the 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 goon signing, like kind of like slapdick type player, or I don't think they could top getting Jr. next summer. <laughs> that would be one of the bigger troll uh, things. It, it's funny because um, you watch the Warriors with um, teams, and you watch how like they like certain players and they they don't right. With with OKC, I, I think the Warriors players are pretty cool with everyone except Russ. With Houston, they're pretty cool with everyone except Paul. And then with the Cavs, when Kyrie was on the team, they were pretty cool with everyone except LeBron. Um, so it's always interesting. And actually, they're pretty cool with LeBron, too. It's just like in the middle of a game, they're not going to get anything out of him. No? Yeah, um, no, I could be. I, I just it, it just it just feels a little bit... I mean, sure, but that's sure. what happens, right? Because when you're LeBron, you're about to lose three out of four. Like, if I was LeBron, I'd fucking make the Warriors, too. <laughs> like screw these guys. If it wasn't for the Warriors, LeBron would be winning like his seventh title, dude. Like this would be uh, like, is there any team out there that's beating LeBron? Right. If the Warriors were say just like just Steph and 
and and Clay and Draymond was never good, right? Like, like LeBron would be winning like six or seven titles. Like he knows. Like, can we talk about him? That emotion that he had. I think it was uh, some someone on Twitter, NBA on TNT or whatever, picked it up, uh, where LeBron sat down in silence for two minutes after after uh, that Jr. Smith screw up, and then when he found out about the timeout. He sat in silence. He got pissed and sat in silence again. I think he was – it was one of the rare moments that you can see LeBron realize like, yo, like he had real emotion because you never get that from LeBron anymore. So that was one of the things where I think he realized well, that I, I can't. I can't go back to I, – I, I just go back to saying I've never felt bad for an opposing player yeah. worse than I felt there because like it's not like he's asking – for a lot he's not asking jr to be kyrie irving he's not asking tristan thompson to be chris bosh he's just asking them his teammates to know like basic time and possession you know like know how many timeouts we have know the situation and the fact he couldn't get that out of them in that moment like that just sucks (laughs) i don't i don't even know what else to say like um he can actually play awful the rest of the finals. And like, I, you know, it is what it is. He, he shouldn't have even got this team to the finals. I don't know how like the East kind of sucks per usual, but it's still, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Shoot. I mean, it's, I feel bad, but then at the same time you look back, you're like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. He's ran the narrative. You, he's ran the narrative perfectly. He, he won the championship in, 2016 he made fun of the warriors nonstop, you know so you know whatever he deserves it Um, oh i I said there's two different things i think you can celebrate the warriors being the best team and having beat him without having to slander him as a player and like make him less than he is right and that's kind of what i'm getting at all right i got a couple other good questions that just came in uh this one's a little statty but from bobby flaben who's actually pretty good follow Steph Curry has the highest usage rate of the playoffs, 39%. There's no way they revert. I think he means for the finals. There's no way they revert back to the KD ISOs from the mid post, right? Also, why did Kerr choose to unleash Steph now? Ooh. Um, so reverting back. Well, so I my theory is Kerr was worried he Steph was going to re-aggravate his injury. And so he has this other MVP who's amazing. It's a logical choice to run your offense around KD, particularly when Steph's just coming back, right? And I think he probably just hung on to it longer than he should have. Um, And then the second part of it is it's a little bit on the players to adjust a little to it too. Um, So my thing is Kerr just, he probably should have made that adjustment in like game three of the rocket series instead of game six, but it is what it is now. Right. Uh, I think it's on Durant. I think there's, there's an organization, this organization that prides itself on the team. It, it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Steph Curry. Right. And I think Steph is okay with it. Obviously. But I think there are moments because we're all human, and I don't really blame KD for this, where he wants more than just that, right? And and I don't know if this is true. I'm just saying he wants more than that, and and he got a taste of that in the first and second round. And also, Steph wasn't healthy, right? Um, and and I actually argued about this a lot with Alexis Morgan. Shouts to her unblocking me. Um, for those that care, <laughs> this was a question for those that care. But she, and it's true because Steph was not back to full strength yet when he first came back. He was rusty. So KD was like, yo, no, 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 no. Let me still keep the ball because I can still run this offense. Steph isn't there yet. But I think as Steph has gotten healthier and better throughout the postseason, that KD has, has realized that, hey, this is now we're successful doing with the last year. Put the ball back in Steph's hand. Let him cook. And I can take all the shots as the safety valve after, right? So I, I think it's kind of a weird adjustment that the Warriors have had to do that, dude, like people don't give a shit about this, right? If, if you're like a Cavs fan or anybody, you're like, oh, it's KD, it's Steph, they'll figure it out, right? Even smart people that I see on the timeline, like Volgaris or someone, they'll just say, oh, they figure it out, it doesn't matter. Like, no, 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 these guys are humans. Like they need to figure out a way to figure it out. Like, and I do KD think we, we probably underrated 
how many games Steph missed and like they can't just KD played this ISO friendly basketball for his whole life until last year. Um, it's harder to go back away from that when you get back into that mode than vice versa. You know, like that's his natural instinct. And that's kind of, I mean, that, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. So I don't know, man, it's, it's kind of worked out perfectly, but it's only been a game. So they could always go back to it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I forgot the I forgot the first or second part of that question. By the way, well, so. I was just pointing out that Steph had a higher usage the last two games. Um, yeah, I don't know. They could, but it seems like they're finally gelling. And really, all we've all we've really discovered, in my opinion, is like if Steph isn't around, this team can really spiral away from being the Warriors. So, Steph better, and and, and <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, and there's a the thing. And if KD isn't there too, like Iguodala's hurt, right? Draymond Green can't play offense anymore with that shoulder. And Clay is hurt. So it, it, the Warriors are great, but they're getting bit by injuries too. Like, let's talk about that for a second, right? They're not fully healthy. They're playing, but they're not fully healthy. Draymond has zero on offense, hurts them, right? Andre Iguodala, as much as people want to say that they still got four all stars, is a stabilizing force on both ends. If KD's not trying on defense they now don't have a dollar to back them up so uh, it's not one of those things that just because those guys are playing clay's limping clay's limping around like kaiser soze <laughs> how on earth did he play is what i don't understand he said no painkillers i don't know how we can believe that i don't know if weed counts as a painkiller right it does technically i think but it's just like it's I don't a natural know, it's, it's a, a natural supplement it's a natural well actually they're calling it a leg contusion I don't know. They they've been super weird with what they name injuries this year. Can we talk about that? Like they just keep coming up with new names for injuries instead of just going with like the old, you know, um, sprained ankle. It's like lower at leg leg contusion or something. You know. Yeah, no, that's what like that's like the uh, Iguodala thing. Like I didn't really know what a bone bruise was until like late last year when KD had that. Or like um, and now they're saying he might have fractured something, maybe a small fracture. But also, it looks like he'll be back for game three. So it's, it's, and by the way, when Iguodala comes back for game three or four, whatever it is, like, there's no way the Warriors are losing game five. They only need to steal one um, in Cleveland, which, you know, you would think that they can do, and then they'll close it out in, in game five at Oracle. Yeah. All right. I got a good we one. We got any more? I got a good one here. You'll like this one. Which of these teams was best? 2018 Rockets, 2017 Cavs, or 2016 Thunder? shoot oh that's good i think i think the 2017 Cavs are underrated yeah that'd Um, be my that'd be my pick too if like you asked me if we could time machine them into series i'm taking the 2017 Cavs. i i I think i have to agree with you I, i think they're underrated because the warriors were just that good like the warriors were playing at such a high level last year that there was really nothing that those Cavs could do. Do you know, like the, those Cavs ripped apart the Warriors' defense, like yeah, reds. Yeah, I mean, they, it was like one twenty, one fifteen type games the whole way through. Um, so you're talking about so so. Here's the thing, though, but because it, it, if it's going up against the Warriors, I do think that that 2016 Thunder team have have a really big say um, into how it is because they just matched up so well. Um, I, I, I think mean, they're the, the most match- athletic of the of all three teams. Like they have more length, they had more speed. They're they're the most athletic team of the bunch. I saw. So I I think they're the best one if you want to play against the Warriors. I think if you go one on one, like if it's if it's 2016 Thunder against 2017 Cavs, I do think that 2017 Cavs win. But if you're talking about specifically against the Warriors, yeah, man, that that Abaka Adams KD front line was fucking ridiculous and right, Robertson they're, too they're gonna cause more problems for the Warriors even if the Warriors somehow have KD and he's playing against KD <laughs> <laughs> well it's a well, lot of KD that's a lot of well KD on KD well that that KD defense in 2016 was ridiculous and and he's not been that uh this postseason um so yeah um let's see if we got any more 
<laughs> Some of these are just hilarious trolls. Who do you think the Warriors draft? I think Grayson Allen give, would give them much needed goon depth. <laughs> oh, that answers the question from earlier. The goon player, Grayson Allen. God, it must be such a perfect, perfect match. Can you imagine the outrage? Lightyear's podcast is Andy Lou just a glorified Jeremy Lin. Who the? F- I need that. I need <laughs> Wilson fourteen. Uh, uh, yeah, there are some. Uh, there are some funny questions. Um, you have one more, or do I? I'm trying to look. There's so, so much. Should I go with one last one? If you got one, what will the foul? This is a fun one. What will the foul disparity need to be in Game Three in order the finals to not be perceived as rigged? By the way, last year in Game Four, 2017. I believe the Cavs shot that that one's from Cal Hornsby. I believe the Cavs shot twenty free throws. Was it in the twenty first in the quarter? first quarter? Yeah, just something absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, Kyle, I appreciate the question because that's one of those things where nobody talks about that. I didn't hear a single thing when the Warriors are up three zero, and then now one call here. A couple calls in the first half, despite the fact that the Warriors got 12 less calls in the entire game. Now the NBA is rigged. <laughs> well, I th- welcome I think welcome we, to LeBron's NBA. I thought I think we hit on this earlier. So, yeah, people are mad. People are mad. Um, I think we're done. I think we we're going to be done. back. What do you think next week? What do you, what do you, so what do you think this ends? We'll just make last-second predictions and, and we'll get, get out of here. I think we're not going to record until after either game four or game five. Game five will be Monday, so we're not going to record Sunday night. Um, so we're, we're going to be recording the championship celebration podcast. We'll be entering all the all the slander. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, man, hopefully it goes four. We go five. So we'll be back next week. All right, man. All right, later.